Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Plain. M.I.P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Plain. Get woke. All right, once again, time for another edition of Thursday Coast, one of our most popular segments on Make It Plain over the years with the individual who founded the largest and most popular online progressive community the largest and most popular online polling firm (laughs) and the largest and most popular podcast uh Uh, one out of three (laughs) worldwide uh uh, (laughs) one out of three working on the other two hey listen i'm 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 sounding like uh the New York Post author, they tried to make her write that false story on Kamala Harris. I'm doing, I'm, you look at me making up stuff too right now. That's what I'm doing it for, <laughs> just to be in solidarity. Um, how are you, buddy? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, 100 days have gone by. And I was reminded in another segment I did historically, people didn't start measuring 100 days until FDR. That was a thing he did. 100 days. And that became, a, you know, you don't have Lincoln's 100 days, anything like that. Right. I mean, we can count them, but it wasn't like a, a, a formal marker. Uh, uh, FDR had 100 days and we've been judging presidents by that ever since. And um, Biden uh, proudly displays uh, a portrait of FDR in the White House now where, where Trump was playing up Andrew Jackson. Oh, my God. Um, and what Biden has been doing, um, no, um, less, uh, uh, represented in the unveiling of the $1.8 trillion American families plan in the joint session and all of that. I mean, it, it looks like, man, he's maybe trying to emulate FDR in terms of just quantity and, and doing stuff. 
getting stuff done. But first of all, he gets up and he goes to work. Because those of you who don't know, the Oval Office and it's actually a job. It's a you get a government <laughs> check. It's like a job. It's not like you just we, you play know golf. You just, right. You just play golf. Watch Fox and Friends. Right. Stay in the bed at eleven thirty <laughs> to eleven thirty morning. Put a lid. Tell the press. It, there's a lid at 9 a.m., which is what Trump <laughs> used to do. I mean, it's, it is a job. I mean, so and he acts like he's actually getting up, going to work. Um, it's amazing. Right. And not only is he getting up and going to work, Mark, but he's also doing it sort of quietly. And we've all known, like, historically, Biden's one of his sort of political weaknesses has been that foot and mouth disease. Right. He always says mm-hmm. the wrong thing at the wrong time. And. And so they decided, I think the, the pandemic gave them an excuse, his people, to keep him further out of the, the public light than was necessary running for president. I mean, it drove the Republicans crazy, right? Oh, Joe Biden's in, the, in his basement. Drove him crazy because it really, there, there was not a single Biden gaffe, I think, the entire campaign. And they've kept that formula going in the White House, and it actually works really well. I mean, it's that sort of like the more people see you, the more they hate you, right? The more sick they get of you. And, and everybody was freaking sick of Trump. And, and one of the funny ironies of the Trump presidency is every time he sort of, sort of faded from the public view, his numbers went up. Right, right. And right. then he, and he'd, get, you know, he'd get all excited and come out, and, and they drop back down. And, and so Biden is actually just getting stuff done, working behind the scenes, quietly delivering, not just for the American people, which, which obviously is, is his job, but Mark, he's delivering for progressives. And I don't think anybody saw this coming. In fact, that was the core argument against the Biden um, primary campaign, right? It's, it's uh, like, here's this retread. We'll work with Republicans and both sides. And he's a moderate and he's a senator from MBNA. And he was the senator that shepherded the crime bill and he shepherded the war authorization against the, you know, in the Iraq invasion when Bush was president. Like the arguments were good, right? There was a basis. And suddenly we got like we got everything that Elizabeth Warren would have delivered. He's basically doing that. And since he's a white male. Republicans don't know what to do with it because we know if Warren or Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg, any of those people that were not old, straight, white male, had they been doing saying the exact same words, the exact same policies, just swap out the, the person, things would be a lot different, right? We'd have a new Tea Party, you know, hysteria across the country. Fox News would be freaking out about, and that person would be under siege, relentlessly under siege, and. Because Joe Biden's a white, straight male, it, he kind of gets off, and it's actually working for us. Yeah, and I don't think anybody saw. It. I don't even think the black voters that gave him the nomination in South Carolina they they were voting out of sheer. Their calculation was America's not ready to elect anything but a straight old white guy. <laughs> I think yeah. that was a calculation, right? right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a very practical. It was not an ideological decision. It was a practical decision. And yet here is Biden easily uh, making a bid for the most progressive presidency in American history. And that includes FDR. We, we call that in the black communities, plain old white bread. That's what it, when you do, when you do, you elect somebody like that and you don't expect much, it's plain old white bread. Uh, <laughs> like literally white bread in a loaf. 
right, um, right. And and he has, I mean, as I say, I, I wasn't expecting five point three billion for uh, gun violence prevention on the ground in yeah. in communities of color. You and I agreed. We weren't expecting a commission to study expansion of the Supreme Court. I thought he was going to because, you know, Democrats cave on so much stuff. We were talking about that for months. And then, wait a minute, he's actually doing a (laughs) mission. I mean, that's that's what I said. Wait a minute. This is something different. And then we're going to cut carbon emissions in half by 2030. That's less than 10 years away. Who's who does that? Paris climate. Iran back to the table, um, free community college, funding in this family's plan, funding for uh, HBCUs, um, child tax credits, uh, a family leave bolstered for women and men. I mean, nobody saw all of this. He's even talking about banning menthol cigarettes, uh, infrastructure. You think about it. What Republican president has been of any consequence um, other than since in, in recent history or in the past 50, 60 years? I mean, wars, I, right? Right. Well, yeah, but but you had Eisenhower. I mean, in terms of what domestic policy, yeah. Eisenhower built infrastructure, the highway system. Yep. Then now Joe Biden wants to rehabilitate, which is necessary. Heck, even Nixon, right, with OSHA and a bunch of federal yeah, environmental, he, environmental protection agencies. <laughs> right, right. That was Nixon. When, when, when he wasn't burglarizing. Um, <laughs> hey, folks, have you had a chance to check out the All Revved Up podcast? It's a new podcast distributed by GBH. It explores the intersections of faith, politics and culture biweekly. Hosted by our friend, the Reverend Irene Monroe and the Reverend Emmett G. Price III. Now, both of these ministers hail from different black faith perspectives, different generations, different parts of the country, and even different sexual orientations. But they still come together to talk about the issues of the day. They just do it in a different way. We know you'll enjoy it. Listen to All Revved Up wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back after these messages on MIP. By the way, man, have you watched the series Snowfall? Have you had a chance to look at that? I haven't. I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you want to watch it. it. It's about the the rise in co- the cocaine and crack trade in South Central LA uh, in the 80s. Where's that plane? I- uh, no, no, it's it's a series. Uh, yeah, but where? On, on Hulu. Hulu, I'm sorry. It's Hulu. On, okay. It's looks like it's second or third season. The first 30 minutes, and this is what sold me. I watched for the first time another night. Spe- speaking of Republican presidents, the first 30 minutes, Marcos Melissa's, it deals with cocaine coming into South Central LA to fund Reagan's Contras. That's how it yeah. starts. <laughs> and, you know, you know, and so many of these dramas about, you know, I mean, it's, it's got a lot of other stuff in it, but it starts there. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, you know, Reagan, that's Reagan was a drug dealer. Trump, basic and all, for all effects and for, for all its purposes, a modern day Klansman. Yeah, and a grifter. I mean, and a grifter. So, yeah. what Biden is doing is not only more progressive than what we expected, but just even for those who don't want to call themselves progressives, I don't know how many of those people are left. There's tangible stuff that is taking 
place. Dude's trying to ban menthol cigarettes. I mean, yeah, Mar- I have another one for you, Mark. I have another right. one for you. People are generally very pleased with his cabinet nominees, right? Yeah. And it was pretty progressive. And then he puts up Merrick Garland for attorney general. And we're like, oh, uh, like right. what? I mean, Merrick Garland's the guy that Obama nominated for the Supreme Court to get Republican votes. Right. 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 Record of, 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 you know, moderate, you know, so-so on issues of race and so on immediately investigating North Carolina police department, right? Like they're moving so quickly. So even the choices that at first look, look like a little sketchy and, uh, and you're thinking like, okay, well maybe that's his sop to like third way, you know, moderate conservative right. Democrats, even right. then they're pleasantly um, surprising. And on the brief this week, I had Maurice Mitchell, who's the national director of the working families party and a, and a movement for black lives matter organizer. And I had my own writer, Lauren Floyd, who covers justice issues. And both of them brought up Merrick Garland multiple times, right? And at one point, I had to stop and say, like, I mean, we're like, we're you guys are praising Merrick Garland, who, like, at, when he was first nominated, seemed to be the worst of Biden's nominations, right? Everything seems to be coming up roses, and I'm sure we're gonna have our battles, right? And Mark, um, we've never been apologists for the Democratic Party, like we, we, we. I mean, Obama, we were pretty harsh towards Obama. Uh, in a lot of ways, right? And I, I'm having a hard time finding things to criticize about Joe Biden. It, it's, it just blows my mind. And here's the crazy thing. He is following the progressive playbook that we all, you know, we've all been agitating for and all, we've been begging for. And his popularity is going up. In the polls, his popularity... Now, Republicans hate him, right? And we were so polarized that there's a ceiling to how popular any president's going to be in the you know foreseeable future, but he's doing well with moderates. He's doing astronomically well with young people, and if he delivers on debt relief for college debt relief, I mean, I think those numbers are going to be even <laughs> even better. Uh, he's got almost universal approval amongst Democrats, and that's across the entire ideolo- uh, ideological gamut of Democrats. And it's sort of validating his policies, his his uh, handling of the pandemic. His economic performance, all of that, his all the legislation, it is all wildly popular, more, more popular than he is because of that Republicans aren't going to say they like Joe Biden, but they're going to say, yeah, I like that child tax credit I'm getting. I like that check I'm getting. I'm even yeah, OK, I, I like the fact that we're spending money on infrastructure and we're rebuilding my local school. And OK, yeah, I really like that. Um, there's money that's being pumped into our local governments. I mean, these are all things that are pulling through the roof and. What makes me sad, the only thing that makes me sad, Mark, is that I don't know if a President Warren with the exact same agenda would be as popular as Joe Biden, right? Like that, that there's that undercurrent of American misogyny and racism, like Kamala Harris, like they would be in a different place following the same playbook. It took a boring old white guy who seemed past his prime to deliver this unbelievable agenda. But that said, I'm glad we have this person delivering this unbelievable agenda and doing so with unanimous Democratic support, unanimous Republican opposition. It's going to make next year a very clear battle between the two parties. And it's tough for, for Democrats. We're going to have maps that are going to more. They're going to favor Republicans more. It's 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 the reality. Uh, we're going to have Senate races in every almost every single presidential battleground. And we know how close those were. And we're going to do that in a 
non-presidential year. So Democratic performance has historically lagged. But I think we're in much better place to fight for this midterm election than we were in 2010 when we just knew we were going to get bombed. I mean, Mara, we were we were talking back then and it was we knew. I mean, there was no <laughs> sugarcoating the fact that we were in for a world of hurt. And um, this time we have a fighting chance. And I think we have a fighting chance because Biden is delivering and Democrats are delivering. And if we can just get freaking Joe Manchin to shut up for once and just go along for the ride, we'd be in even better shape. Well, let's be honest. He helps, too, because Joe Manchin makes Joe Biden look like Malcolm X. Uh, uh, (laughs) Which which honestly, Joe probably didn't mind. I mean, really, he's my God. And and. Um, uh, you're right. Uh, I agree with you about Elizabeth Warren because, as, as I alluded to earlier, we see what's happening with Kamala Harris. They, they, nothing has been able to stick to Biden, so now they have to go out to Kamala Harris. Um, and it's easy to do because she's a black woman and an Indian woman and a Jamaican woman. I mean, she checks all uh, the boxes. She's straight. That's the only thing they can't really like go after. But right, yeah, right, right, right. But she's married to a white man, and you know they'll do something yeah. with that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of a mystery. So you're right. If it were someone else or you write a Pete Buttigieg, it would be all of this attack. Uh, it, it's it's almost as if. I mean, Biden really wants I, I, I get the sense from him, honestly, you know, a lot of politicians have certain agendas, but I, I think Biden. Re, more than any other president, because of his age in life. And this being his first term and maybe his only term, quite likely his only term. Mm, I, I mean, I think he's running again. Well, maybe, but but I mean, but just yeah, that, in case, right? At his age, mm-hmm. he probably realizes I may not have the luxury of p- waiting a second term to plan a legacy, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I and and I think he also, and you like, like you said, you and I were were very objective when it came to Obama. We weren't drinking every bit of Kool Aid that was handed to us. Mm-hmm. How could Biden not learn from the Obama mistakes? And and if we look back at some of the dynamics, if you recall, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there were instances where Obama was like, well, let's hold up. But Biden was in the background saying, no, let's push forward. There were several things and, and those were gaffes. That Obama yeah, didn't have to clean up. Yeah, marriage equality is a big one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the big, that was the glaring one. But yeah. I remember, I'll never forget when when Obama was trying to have the summits in the White House and brought John McCain over so they could talk about health care. And they were just wearing Obama out. And then one time Obama called Obama and say if you were, and he starts lighting into them. And Obama shuts him down. Said, no, no, no. We don't want to do that. We want to stay in unity. But I mean, Biden was let off the leash. And Obama literally, I'll never, it was on C-SPAN, and he pulled him back because he was tearing into these Republicans that allegedly, you know, he had worked so nicely yeah. with across the aisle. He forgot all that. It's like, yo, y'all ain't think he can throw a cuss word in there. And, and Obama said, nope, uh-uh, I'm, Joe, you can't say nothing else. So I, I think that that is the uh, uh, Biden we're seeing. And again, he's able to do it because plain piece of white bread. Obama couldn't do it because he was a black man. And there's this image of the angry black man. That's me. That's me. I'm the angry black man. That's what people call right. me. Um, and and what, what, there's no, you can't put that on Biden. 
You can't really do anything with it. You can't think, do it. You can't yeah. do Hunter. There's there's no scandal. They try to make some up about the dog or like the bugs. beef. He wants he wants to outlaw beef. Like, right. I mean, they're right. literally just making stuff it's, up it's, from nothing, and and it doesn't work. So so yeah. you know, and then when you see Bernie's placated. AOC what, did it, didn't AOC say something? yes? Yeah, she just came out and said he's 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 been great. He's he's a great progressive president. Yeah. So, I mean, that pretty much. Yeah, Bernie said it too. You're right. I mean, I mean, because it's true. <laughs> I mean, nobody's nobody's too shy to take on Biden if the, if we need to take on Biden, right? It's just that he's actually given no material to do so, and. um it just it it absolutely works, and but there was a lot of reason to worry because Democrats. I mean, how many decades have we been telling them, screaming at them that Republicans don't want to work with you? Right. Stop right. trying to chase that pony, right? And right. and they kept trying. And Biden's campaign was all about, oh, I got four Republicans to talk to us this time, and and then you did the accounting, and it was like it was like Arlen Specter who became a Democrat, John McCain who's gone. Uh, Olympia Snow, who's gone, right? I mean, it was it was kind of a joke, but he he stuck to it. And and the reality is, Mark and Obama did this too. It's it's like people want to hear the the BS about oh we'll work with both sides. Like people want to hear that for better or for worse. I guess it's good campaign tactics. Biden really sold it. There was no wink wink. <laughs> There's no dog whistle. Like yeah, we're gonna. I'm saying this for the rubes who don't know better, but my progressive allies, like, I'm going to take care of you. There was none of that. He was adamant that he was going to be a bipartisan president and that if he just showed enough commitment to bipartisanship, that Republicans would jump aboard and be happy to work with him. And, and watching this in a, in a campaign, it was, it was frustrating. I mean, it was like, oh, here we go again. It's, this is Obama the second. Like, we're going to have to fight all these battles again. But he like he pulled a fast one on all of us. He did. He had no intention of working with Republicans, and he knew. You're right. He learned the lessons from the Obama years. He said what he needed to do to get elected. Right, right, right. And now he's governing unleashed because the pandemic gives him, you know, the you know sort of that. It's always been disaster capitalism, right? Like all these capitalists use disaster to become richer. And you see it with Jeff Bezos doubling his net worth over the pandemic, right? While people lose their jobs. Yeah. Um, finally, we have like disaster progressivism, right? Like actually using this crisis moment to do good things. And so um, it's, it's, you know, part of me is like, God, I mean, I don't want to sound like a psychophant and being like all fanboy about Joe Biden and, and I'm I'm jaded enough, and Mark, I know you're jaded enough to know that this may flip on any you know, like any second, right? It, this is there's no guarantee this is going to keep going, but heck, as long as it's gone, you know, I'm happy to provide positive reinforcement. And even more important than me giving them a pat on the back, the public polling is solid behind them, and I think that the the day he said bipartisanship is getting a majority of Republicans around the country to support these policies was the day that that entire presidency changed for the best. Yeah, yeah. More MIP after this message. No, I, I would agree with you. And, um, um, you know, we, we are the least syncophatic, syncophantic, I should say. Um, but we had to be honest about it. This is more than we expected. And every day 
it's a, it's a new surprise. I mean, he even got, even got Putin to come to the climate summit at the last minute. Putin would, I'm not going. And he's like, well, I better go to this uh, <laughs> because this dude is, is like becoming some kind of a rock star or something. And he's, and I don't want to be, you know, left out of that on the police piece. The Biden administration is against this ongoing qualified immunity. Yeah. That's going to be a test of, again, the Democrats in the Senate uh, and how much they're going to cave in on that. Um, uh, We're talking about the George Floyd Justice George Policing Floyd, Act? Yeah, yeah. Justice Policing. Um, because some of them are still like the old Biden. You yeah. know, let's just be safe and we can't do this. And, there, and there's this, this helplessness. Um, we have got to get around Joe Manchin somehow. Um, and And hopefully... We can get that done. And and you're right for Merrick Garland to take on. Uh, Jen Sackett was asked in an interview yesterday, well, is, is this time to go um, with the joint address to Congress um, uh, as well as ah, uh, the the raid on Giuliani? And and she said, unlike the past administration, we don't call shots at 901 Pennsylvania Avenue at the Justice Department. Uh, they do what they do. We don't go down there and direct them. So we can't address, you know, their timing on Giuliani or the Andrew Brown case. But but you're right. I See, and the people that he nominated also in justice, Kristen Clark, Vanita Gupta and others are so civil rights oriented and connected. Vanita Gupta, folks, former head of leadership conference on civil and human rights. Uh, Kristen Clark, Laurie's Committee for Civil Rights under law, even though they've been holding up her nomination because she's a black woman. Yeah. Um, it, uh, uh, that gets them excited. Yeah. And and and, and I, I had a feeling it would be hard for Garland to be the same old Garland with those type of people around him. It'll be very difficult. Uh, and they would be knocking. And heads who knows? Justice. Maybe once he realizes he's never going to be on the Supreme Court, everything changed, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, then suddenly all like a lifelong of caution and not, you know, making waves. Maybe that that incentive goes away. It's just like Joe Biden, right? He finally got to be the president. He clearly wanted to for his entire freaking life. There's nothing else beyond that, so he can just unleash. And right. I'm I'm perfectly happy to see how that shakes out. And, and and build that legacy. That's exactly what we need. Folks, um, once again, the podcast is The Brief. Be sure to check it out. Always great conversations. You did talk about the Chauvin verdict, just so our audience can hear your perspective. How, how You asked the question, what does it mean for America? H how did you feel? I mean, you probably felt some degree of exhale and relief. But we're yeah. not out of yet, obviously. Yeah, of course, there's some exhaling, right? Uh, but it shouldn't take a case this clear cut with nine minutes of video from 10 different angles and 40 different eyewitnesses and the police chief, like the, the breaking of the barrier, right? That thin blue line that police look out for each other, the breaking of that, all of that. The facts could not have been more clear. And even then, we had to worry. And I thought that was a more bigger indictment about where we are in justice in America and the fact that he was actually convicted. Um, and it doesn't help that 
since then, we've had incidents in multiple places, including a almost almost copycat incident in Alameda, California, just on the road from here, where um, again, you know, cops sat on a on a person's chest and and he died while they were sitting there like maybe we should turn him to the side and but they didn't and then he died and it's almost it's almost an exact repeat you know you don't need to put the knee on the neck to like make it hard for somebody to breathe and so it's escalation and it's pulling out guns when there's no need like there needs to be a move towards the escalation and so um it's good that Chauvin is going to pay for what he did but it's such a rare occurrence that I'm not particularly feeling in a celebratory mood. Like I'm, I'm glad that one for once, (laughs) for once, but uh, we need systemic change. And that's why I think the, the George Floyd um, justice and policing act. And then there's this other companion bill that would actually fund some of these de-escalation programs. Uh, Mark, I I mean, you probably know close to you, uh, Newark in 2020, Newark police did not fire a single shot. Yeah. In a area of the country that is obviously high gang activity. If you can go a year in Newark without firing a shot, I mean, you can do that everywhere. Yeah. In Newark. In Newark. Right. And they, they've invested in community groups that are working on de-escalation and in preventing those situations from emerging in the first place. And it doesn't mean that there's no crime. It doesn't mean that they don't have gangs, so doesn't, but crime is down. And, yeah. and, uh, so it can be done. You just have to make the right investment. And that means getting away from the militarization of police towards investing in, in, in mediators and, and de-escalators and in, um, not walking on a traffic stop with your gun ready to come out or your, or your gun pointed for traffic stops, right? Everything isn't a life and death situation, but these cops have been sort of drilled in the messages. It's either allow them to pull their guns out for a traffic stop or you're going to have dead cops, right? And, and yeah, you yeah. can look at the statistics and how many policemen die in traffic stops and it's almost negligible. But of course, you take that one outlier situation and then you use that to justify an increased militarization. Just like the LA bank robbery, right? Where, where the guy was wearing armor, right? So police were outgunned. This was back, what, in the 90s. And so that, that justified militarizing LA's police force and giving them automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons and body armor, and now they look like freaking RoboCops. And so there was that shift towards militarizing. We need to get away from that in going towards that mediation. I, I was in Oakland, downtown Oakland, um, before the pandemic, and there's a homeless guy who was on a bender, right? He was, he was, he was attacking people. He was literally pushing them and and you know he there's this little asian lady walking by with her car and he like pushed her into the street like it was and it wasn't race like he was doing it to everybody right like he was just like gone and there's a bunch of school kids and a a wall of bystanders like we we built you know we sort of created a wall between this homeless guy on a bender and the kids and i called the police and this was near city city hall so they showed up like immediately but instead of engaging this guy what they did is they just formed a perimeter around him just to keep him away from other people and then they were waiting and waiting and waiting so only this like hippie mediator guy shows up he's got the ponytail <laughs> he's wearing birkenstocks he's like the epitome of like a hippie peace and love guy this wow. hippie peace and love guy totally talked this guy down right wow that's great that's what we need that's, what we, That's what we need. Like, how many videos do we see? Like, some guy clearly having a mental breakdown or in a drug fueled rage or something, and they treat him like he's, you know, guns drawn, shooting, tackling. Like, 
there's no need for that. Like, I mean, there may be a need for that. Sometimes you have no choice, but it's got to be a, a tiny fraction of the cases where you see this like mass violence and this idea that you have to show overwhelming force to subdue a suspect. Uh, you don't always need to do that. No, and 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 hearing you say that too, um, I, I think there's some overlap even in the 5.3 billion dollars that biden has for gun violence see what the cops claim is that everybody out here especially black folk and people of color wake up every morning with the intent to kill police that that's mm -hmm. that's they have a culture and i know that because i've i've taught diversity and sensitive awareness in police academies that's when you talk to cops what do you say well we we know we just it's, it's hard for us to make it home every night i'm like what are you talking about how many people out here killing just going out killing police every day but they, <laughs> they have they believe that they feel that they uh, as much under siege as African-Americans are under siege by racism and white supremacy. They've convinced themselves of that. Yeah. But the, the gun violence prevention, and I know how a lot of these groups work, they deal with violence interruption on the street, gun violence in the street, gangs. And in a lot of places, even in California, I know that are doing work that work. $5.3 billion. So that even takes away some of the cops' argument. Well, you know, you got dangerous gangs out here trying to kill us. Well, wait a minute. We're working on that, too. We've got mediators in those situations to, to quell some of the stuff that's going on in the streets. So in a minute, y'all not. And if you got mediators in, in some of the on the police side, in the civil side, in the court system and all of that, they're going to run out of excuses um, yeah. to continue to run around with guns drawn yeah. and, and, and shoot people. Um, and and so. No, this, this we Derek Chauvin is just the beginning. We saw the situation, quite frankly, in Columbus with the young lady, the 16 year old. There were cops on the scene trying to mediate that. They, they didn't do the greatest job of it. Those were adult women that came to assault that young lady and she felt she had to defend herself. One cop shows up, doesn't even check with the other cops. And pulls the car up and within 22 seconds, guns are dead. Just no. And and but that's how that's the culture. Here's a 16 year old child who I have to kill. And that's the only mm -hmm. that's the only solution. To any problem is to kill. And that's just not just men, obviously, but women. But um, no, this this is important. I hope that they hold the ground on George Floyd and on ending qualified immunity. But we will see. As always, we appreciate Marcos Melissa's Thursday Coast Civics with a Q, the popular podcast, The Brief. Check it out. It's also on YouTube. So check that out as well. Marcos, as always, buddy, we appreciate you. Great. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.